You've eaten Gotham's wealth, its spirit, but your feast is nearly over. This is not my hole. It's an operating table. And I'm the surgeon. Why aren't you laughing? From this moment on, none of you are safe. Welcome to the Batman Book Club, a podcast exploring the Dark Knight Library. I'm your host, Ryan Lauer. Batman Book Club is a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network, hosted by Batman on Film. Just go to batmanonfilm.com, click on Podcasts, and you'll find the Batman Podcast Network that has a whole list of other Bat-related shows that also like to dive into other nerdy subjects that we all, including Peter Vera, love to frolic about in our free time. Batman Book Club is also on Patreon. Make sure to go to patreon.com slash thebatmanbc to help support the show. Keep the generators running here in the Wayne Manor study. And also make sure you stick around to the end of this episode where I will talk about the giveaway currently going on now for the Batman Book Club. Now, thank you for listening to episode 160, The Dark Knight. Wait, this this episode is not the Batman Movie Club. Um it's the Batman Book Club. So how are we going to talk about the Dark Knight? Well, fortunately, I have once another Ryan here that uh, is going to do that with me. And we're going to dedicate this episode to Paul Herman and Peter Vera because they thought it can't be done. Uh, you've heard his voice on here many a times. He's a lost Mario brother. It's one sir, Ryan Haas. Ryan Haas, welcome back to the Batman Book Club. Hello. I am <laughs> jazzed to be here, especially <laughs> with a, in a different format here. Um it's not every day that the Batman book club actually feels like a true non-comic book book club where we get to yeah. talk about a, a, a book, a novel. Mm-hmm. I love it. How many times have we actually done a, a novel on the show? You've done once before, which is Batman forever with, with Batman uh, forever with, with Rob, the great Myers. Rob Myers. Yes. All right. Yeah. I, so you good. are the second. Nobody chooses. Nobody chooses. There are like there are Batman written word stories. I've actually talked to another friend that you've heard on this voice, heard his voice on this show many a times um, that he and I are going to dive into something similar to this, too. So maybe this will open up some avenues because there's some really good uh, written word Batman stories. Oh, that yeah. I think a lot of like, people I've, have not I've discovered. Shown you, we've talked lately like, oh, yeah. I mean, earlier this year, I was like, there's. There's a novel for the Batman 66 movie that yep. I just didn't know about until like this year. The, um, the good, the great Jay Oz. He told me about that. I believe the last time he was on this show and I had no mm-hmm. idea that they did it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not Batman 66 or Batman, the movie, the novelization. It's like, I forget what it's called, but yeah, it's, you have a copy. It, it is. It's called, it's just, yeah, I've, I've got it back on my, my novel shelf. Um, it's Batman versus the fearsome foursome, I think is what they called it, but it is yep, a novelization of the, of the movie. Yeah. Um, so. so, I mean, I guess we just kind of gave it away there that w- what we're doing is we're celebrating 15 years of The Dark Knight by talking about the novelization of The Dark Knight. Now, 
Now, this uh, Haas, yes. the only novelization that I've read of Batman movies mm. is uh, Batman Forever that I covered way back, like episode 12 or 13 for the 25 mm-hmm. years of Batman Forever with mm-hmm. Rob Myers. Mm-hmm. And then this. I actually really? haven't read any of the other novelizations. And I've well, got we'll Batman keep... Begins on the shelf. Yeah, we've yep. got to keep going. Uh, we I do got to ba- keep going. Batman, Spoilers. Batman Returns. I, oh, no, no, wait, wait, wait. Actually, on my own accord, when I bought this, um, I actually bought the Batman and Robin one. And I read it uh, last month. And well, there you it's, go. it's right on par with the movie. Surprise. <laughs> <laughs> there, there really isn't too much different. Uh, Most so I, of them are. Yeah. Like, I'm that's a... what I felt. We've talked about this before. I'm a big lover and collector of the of, of Batman novels, especially mm-hmm. the ones that are based on um, anime or in any of the films. Um, mm-hmm. And I've read almost all of them, and I but I have not read the Mask of the Phantasm novel, so that might be a good one to to, to, Sir, to get. What you you didn't know this, but uh, we'll we'll talk about that one because it's 25 years. No, it's 30 years this Christmas. Oh, 1993. Yes. Ooh, that'd be a And good I mean, Christmas. you've kind of become an adaptation guest on this show. Yes. <laughs> you did the comic love... adaptation of 89, comic it... adaptation of Returns. Yes. This. <laughs> I, I've been saying, like, I feel like I'm one of the mo- most more eclectic guests. Like, whenever I'm on, it's usually something uh, You're that's not a comic book or even the comic books themselves. Yeah. Or, mm-hmm. I'm, or am I a joker? <laughs> you are you a know? joker. Because yep. I keep in our um 50, what was it? episode was it i don't remember if it was episode 50 or episode 100 on this where we uh, did our 50 so like i what my top pick was that i mentioned was like wasn't a book or anything it was the uh the comic strip the 1989 yeah. 90 comic strip and it's kind of related to this because it it's super underrated and super hard to read but if you do it's a super i, I keep using that word it's a very rewarding story because it also is very uh, Harvey Dent, Batman, Gordon, trio centric. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to cover that at some point, uh, but almost, but it doesn't really make sense until it's maybe available more yeah. widely so people can read it. But, uh, but I do, uh, I, I, I would love the day when, when that comic strip is a uh, newspaper strip is more widely available. And then we can mm-hmm. uh, have an episode of the, that'd be we great. Sh- we could turn this show into the, the Batman strip club. <laughs> <laughs> well it'll, it'll be a special video podcast youtube yep. uh YouTube welcome to the batman strip spike. club yeah <laughs> pete will be all about that one and be like sure i'll frolic uh so for this one because it was there's no comic adaptation of the dark knight it's this is the first there's time a little bitty, show... ver- bitty one i think it was what for like a cereal tie-in or some sort of food tie-in where like the prologue was at I, I forget hmm, for what was it okay yeah. i do have the yeah. little the little figures that came in cereal where joker has like his hands up like this little plastic and his little leg kicks up and then there's a batman one too um yeah those so maybe it came in that but i don't know why i wouldn't have the little dvd comic there was a dvd special edition that came with the prologue yeah i bought that batman begins um they re-released the pro- and, I'm I'm looking it up online. But, it looks like it came with yeah, like the the Walmart Batman Begins Blu-ray gift set. It has a Dark Knight prologue comic. 
Well, that's yeah. annoying. I thought I had that. Okay, I'm gonna have to search eBay. All right, thanks eBay. Uh, but <laughs> based, but they did have a novelization, and so I'm like, okay, great. There's a way because the Dark Knight. I actually just got to talk about the movie with uh, Bill for Batman on film to talk about you know, um, 15 years, and this is not only my favorite Batman movie; it's my favorite movie, um, period. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I what's a way to talk about it on the show and it's like oh there's literally a book called the dark knight and it's you know the novelization written by the great denny o'neill who mm-hmm. also wrote for batman begins and then he also did mm-hmm. the one for the dark knight rises correct no he didn't he do did, dark knight rises. i thought he did he, he did begins and the dark knight and did not do the dark knight rises okay um which is curious and i always wonder why that didn't happen and i did ask him about this when i got to interview him a few years ago and he was under the impression like, oh, they never did one because if they did, they would have asked me. But they did. And and you're like, I'm and OK, he, I'm not going to I'm not going to push back. Yeah, on I don't, this. It's not worth bringing it up here. I'm <laughs> nope. glad I didn't. But no. I don't know why they did. And I think um, let me grab it off the shelf right here. It's it's right there. Why even go to Google? Hoss Greg has Fox, it. Yeah, Greg Fox. And it's and boy, it's a big boy. Um, yeah, that's a thick it's one. like so by comparison, the Dark Knight novel is two hundred and. 92 92 pages dark knight rises is whew, 485 i'm kidding 413 wow um so it's a big old book yeah um and uh, you know i remember all three so like and denny o'neill i'm also obviously a big fan of i think yeah. uh, a good chunk of the things that i pick for this show are written by dennis o'neill um, he did the comic adaptation scripts for the first the Burton Schumacher movies, as we know. Oh yeah, yeah. So Look he's had the, has a pedigree of adapting Dark Knight yeah. film stuff, and I think that probably comes from his time as the the head editor um of the Batman books at the time, and then that's and he was also he'd written other novels too. So he's he, it, it's right up his wheelhouse, and then for the batman 89 novelization he did some uncredited editorial work on it too and i think that was we found that out in some of the back issue magazine mm-hmm. stuff yeah, yeah, around yeah. the time we were talking because like when they had like a final draft of the batman 89 novel and around the time when the the movie uh adjusted the third act in the cathedral the novel had to be amended to reflect those changes and so they weren't able to get the original author on short notice and Denny O'Neill jumped in there and helped whip that book into shape. And you, when you read the book, I remember it feels like kind of rushed and kind of the, the end isn't as strong as the beginning kind of thing. Gotcha. But, uh, but by the time, by, by the time the Batman begins, the dark Knight came out, Denny was retired and uh, feels like this was like a really good, thing to keep him going um during his retirement years from what i remember um talking to him about about these um that's cool so and I it just kind off... of feels it feels like with the influence of some of that o'neill and adams stuff too on the dark knight trilogy and and uh with nolan and goyer that it just kind of makes sense that oh it makes O'Neill perfect sense <laughs> would be the I mean, one that era <laughs> and him reinventing batman into the dark you know serious character and then the you know, Joker's five-way revenge, reinventing the Joker, plus, you know, being a 
co-creator of Rachel Ghoul, it makes perfect sense. And it's really yeah. cool that he was able to have the opportunity to be able to be the person to do the novelizations of at least the first two movies. Um, and I remember all three novels being pretty good, but the Dark Knight one maybe being my least favorite of the three. And I don't Ooh, know if that had, I don't know if that had anything to do. I don't, but rereading <clears throat> it, I don't know. I, it makes me want to reread all three at this point. Um, so initially I was hoping that I could do that. Of uh, I was going to read begins and then read this and then I'll read yeah. the uh, rises afterward. But yeah, I mean, for whatever reason, I decided to just read Batman and Robin and then it became like, <laughs> Oh, okay, I can't read begins and then read dark yeah. Knight in time. So I yeah. just got to go to dark Knight. but reading uh, the dark Knight novel, you know, initial thoughts at the beginning of the show here, I think it might be a pretty cool reading order to do the Dark Knight, Batman Begins, Dark Knight Rises. All right. Which I'll take up that experiment. Into. Yeah. Uh, so obviously this came out in 2008, the same year as the movie. My guess, given Christopher Nolan being who he is and everything that this book didn't come out until after the movie did. But I, I don't know the date that it came out specifically. Mm -hmm. But I mean, mm -hmm. it came out in 2008, like we said, written by Denny O'Neill. I don't know that there's any other version other than like the mass market trade paperback. Mm -hmm. I haven't of this. seen any other version. Yeah. As much as I looked, this is all that I saw. There isn't even really a clear picture of the book available online either. If anything, it's mm -hmm. like a really small picture that you try to expand it and it gets blurry. Cause mm -hmm. I was trying to figure out like how to do some fun show art or something for this. And yeah, there's all the mm -hmm. pictures are just low quality, but um. So obviously, Haas and I both have the mass trade paperback version. Uh, Haas, when was when did you first read this? So I'm a I'm a film novelization junkie. Yeah. Um, I got all three Dark Knight trilogy novels as soon as I could uh, upon release and read them upon release. I right. want to say that I I read Rises twice because famously i love that movie mm -hmm. to death so i but i but begins in dark knight i think i've only read once until now okay. where i've now reread this is the first time i've reread the dark knight novelization since uh my first reading when it first came out in 2008 gotcha this was my first reading as probably mm -hmm. it's not surprising to you um maybe surprising to others for how much i love the movie but it's just oh, if i'm in the mood for it i just always watch the movie uh but yeah. this was this is a great motivation <laughs> That's what, usually to, what you do to read the book. Um, yeah. Because also I'm very much that way too of if there's, I like to use the hunger games almost as an example of, yeah. and it was, it's funny because not like around that time too, girl with the dragon tattoo, I was reading that oh, book yeah. leading up to the movie and then watching the movie, I was waiting for stuff from the book to happen and then it didn't. And then it skipped over it. And then I was like, wait, isn't yeah. this where, and that's where my mind went. So for hunger games, the was a thing of like with, with novelizations, I was like, I'm going to just watch the movie, then read the book. And it was mm -hmm. like, I felt, and then in, in other movies based on books, when I've done that, I found of like, I enjoy the movie and then the book is an expansion mm -hmm. and it works and it's fleshed out and I'm visualizing the what's on screen. So by reading the dark Knight, that was a total strength of this, um, mm -hmm. of this, but what was really like my initial thoughts too, is just, it's, it was kind of surprising to me how much, which it only makes sense for how many times I've seen this movie. And this is the first time I'm reading the book. Mm -hmm. 
but maybe that helps since we're going to talk about the book of mm-hmm. oh wait that's not how they said it oh, oh i can yeah. i can he- i can hear the inflection of the voice here oh this is kind of yeah, cool yeah, so yeah. this can this could be right before the like it, i could just because i know the movie so well i could visualize with the book so much but also what really stood out to me was how much the directing and the acting is like so crucial to the movie compared yeah. to like the book. Yeah. Because the book, I'm not going to say it didn't feel flat, but it is just like, there's a lot of like, moment. There's a lot of moments. So like cinematic moments of like, that's yeah. what you needed for to elevate yeah. basically. Yeah. Well, it's one of those things where like, if you didn't see the movie, you wouldn't know how much you're missing. Yeah, when you're exactly. Reading through the book. Yeah, mm-hmm. and your mind would have filled in the gaps in its own way in a different spot, like in the book. Um, but that's the good thing is like, I think most of the time you're reading a novelization is probably assumed that you've probably seen the movie. Um, mm-hmm. So you're exactly. just trying to read the book to kind of get a different take on it or or a di- from a different angle. Um, so maybe the book doesn't have to do as much Which of it's the heavy also... lifting from that. It's also so funny to me, too, because, you know, the ideas behind it and stuff of of like, well, why do you need to make this book then? It's not like this is original material and now they turned it into a movie. So let's slap the movie poster on the book, but sell the same book. It's like, no, no, no. This is based on the movie. But it is I don't know. It is interesting. And then you have somebody, you know, very credible and Danny O'Neill adding some uh, some elements. And I I don't think that there's anything and we'll get to you know, asking and um, your thoughts on this, but there isn't anything crucial in this book that stood out to me of like, oh, damn it, that that should have been in the movie. I think most of the differences are just in snippets of dialogue. Plus or minus some, oh, yeah, but here's some here's a little bit of backstory. I don't know Mm -hmm. how they could have done this Mm -hmm. in Nolan's way. And mm-hmm. not just been uh exposition dump. Mm-hmm. Um and and then like I don't know. I I don't think that it it had any of those moments. Whereas I know the Batman Forever novelization was like that was based on oh, the, the Red a, Diary cut. It's got a lot of yeah, totally exactly. different. Yeah. Like so different. And that was really cool because it was like, okay, this does feel I can visualize this being like, oh. I feel yeah. like this is much more mature. This is very different. Batman yeah. and Robin, the book felt like the movie, like it's so, which just kind of almost just guaranteed of like, no, I think like it, it just usually, wasn't good period. Well, no, it's usually, <laughs> I mean, the books, like if there doesn't, if it doesn't veer much from the movie that usually says that like this, there's not a big difference between the script and, and what ended up on the, on the page. Um, yeah. And that's generally true for, the Dark Knight novelization, although, like I know you've been posting a lot of like Dark Knight like remember remembrances and uh, articles and things on on the on your Batman Book Club Twitter. The Dark Knight the movie is a freight train of a movie. Like it mm-hmm. it doesn't stop once it starts going. Um, a really cool thing about the novel is that it does kind of take its time. Like I would say, like the that was first the, point. the first third of the book is largely the the stuff that is not that Dennis O'Neill got got to do more kind of free form like the which is my favorite part of the book because it's not like the movie the 
it's like you get um like I took notes on all the chapters like mm-hmm. the first like you get like a nonlinear Batman Begins recap you get extra context yep. for Bruce's early years and it frames the boundaries of a skill set like you get a lot of extra uh, Rachel Ghoul additions mm-hmm. that are missing from the film it does a really good job of recapping things if you haven't seen Batman Begins or haven't seen Batman Begins in a while but how you know you watch dark knight the film and it doesn't link back explicitly to begins as much as rises does and it's really it was really cool to see how much of the begins stuff got found its way back into the dark knight novelization yep. through all this early stuff because you get more scarecrow backstory and i was gonna if, say you get the link of scarecrow you, what happened after he rode off yeah, that horse like and you, begins yeah you finds you, a patient who saves him basically it's like let's yeah. go to my uncle's garage and that's yeah. where scarecrow it's stuff builds that, himself up again and it's like if you want now you can read that and when you watch the movie you can fill in it those fits gaps. in perfectly yeah and you're like okay that and black you, suv or the van that he's stuff in, that you would never like it maintain like you've got the surprise in the movie like oh it's the scarecrow but uh-huh. if you already know that when you read the book um it's stuff that the movie just couldn't stop to do but it, i love being able to have these asides where you get to be like oh let's go into jonathan crane's mind for a second and, and o'neill really kind of does delve into the psych the, the backstory and the psyche of of who that john version of jonathan crane is and it totally works and i loved being able to fill those gaps um picking up from begins and 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 establishing where he is in the dark night and why um yeah batman and like it's all a result of the escalation you know of what batman's done is 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 where um all that ends up yeah so i mean 25 pages in the book until you get to the bank heist which as we all know opens the movie um, yeah chapter four page, you don't even yeah of 292 pages page 147 is when lao is delivered at gcpd with with the notes so you're I mean, right i was kind of surprised by that of i'm literally runtime on the movie yeah before like when lao like what 30 minutes 35 yeah. minutes of the movie yeah and yeah. then even with the the chase like if you take Harvey, the runtime yeah like the uh yeah, like the the whole third act of the movie is probably contained within the last oh, 20 maybe pages. Yeah, maybe. it goes by quick. Yeah. So um, that was I think that's what was really surprising to me too as I'm reading along and I wasn't impatient or anything either. I'm just kind of like, wow, this is really taking up fleshing out everything in the book compared to the movie because the movie is as Nolan's even said too, like basically it's like a, it's a machine. Like yeah. you're in it and you're just freaking going until the yeah. end. And yeah. the book just definitely fleshes some of that stuff out. And it gives you and like so some of the things that it does have in the book that I did like I kind of appreciate it. You already mentioned like a, a begins kind of recap. I did like a, the scarecrow little bit part and how it's funny yeah. if he follows a patient. Um, which I also mentioned. I mean, Alfred in the penthouse, like they've been in the penthouse for a month. So, you know, this is like picking up like right after begins and yep. Bruce is uh, practicing and doing kata. I think it's it's called yep. um, Bruce is a playboy, talk, you know, living up more of the playboy persona. Um, he talks with Rachel about being Batman. And uh, one thing that I really loved that it just cuts to out of nowhere is the Joker's behind an old woman at yeah. a bus stop. 
Yeah. And it's the first time you see him in the in the book. He gets mentioned in the book. At yeah. All. Yeah. And it plays a whole. And uh, I read something that O'Neill added this because he thought like this is a perfect Joker. And it lives up to yeah. what I know O'Neill said before about Joker. And it's the wording of it is like a bus is coming. Bus is coming. Joker's behind Joker, the old lady. He's excited. Doesn't push you, her. you think he's going to push her. Yeah. And then he gives her a hundred dollar bill. Yeah. And it's like, yep, that's uh, yeah, that's fun. But, I'm not saying that needed to be in the movie or anything like that. It's like, but that's for it's this. It's the kind of thing you can it. do in the novel to kind of set up what kind of character this is going to be. Yeah, yep. that's in chapter three, and that's that's when I had the most a lot of notes on too, like um, because this is like the perfect book for Dennis O'Neill adapting. It takes a lot, so many of the concepts and ideas that he kind of helped pioneer back in the day and distilled into kind of a, a different format here the like and i think this is the first time where i've really kind of been able to notice that rachel dawes in a lot of ways is kind of a cipher for dennis o'neill's um leslie tompkins in a lot Mm, of ways mm -hmm. because leslie tompkins is very much like pragmatic and she's like you she supports batman but wants him to try to choose non-violence as much as possible um you know like i wrote down here like rachel saying like you, you know he using violence to solve enormously complex problems it echoes o'neill's use of leslie tompkins um hmm. and then it also kind of like like rachel straight up in that chapter like she tells bruce to stop being batman like it foreshadows her fate but it also kind of postulates like what could happen to bruce if he fails and that there's a lot of like rises foreshadowing in that chapter too that i was like oh wow like this was he figured it out like before rises yeah. was even a thought at that point like it really it's interesting he how gave well the idea to nolan of rises right, yeah probably <laughs> i mean give a credit Denny so i think to me like it's I'm pretty sure. I mean, so this is the first time I've read the book since Rises has been released. So oh, yeah. I'm seeing a lot of the connections in mm-hmm. this book. And of course, it's a testament to how well the trilogy itself yeah. wound up. But I, it's really cool to be able to see additional connections there, like reading reading the book when you get that. It plays as, you know, one story. Yeah. Um. Let's see. What else do I got? I mean, I can hear because the Chechens, uh, accent of course and uh and it's the build up yeah. to that opening scene with him and how in the book and how he says to like you know one of his goons tells him like there's this doctor his name's jonathan crane he's like name sounds like sissy and he's like no <laughs> yeah. but he goes by sarah by scarecrow sissy from a halloween party <laughs> like yeah that that made me giggle um yeah moving a, a little further let's see here um i do like and we didn't need to spend more time because the movie as like the Dark Knight as it is and moving, you know, credits start at like the two hour and 24 mark or something like that. So it's like I did, didn't none, no more needed to be added, but it does play up a little bit more, which I do like of Bruce really questioning, like there's no way that Harvey Dent is as pure and good. There's a couple of the chapters image. here. Right. And that's like the movie itself it just kind of runs with like, yeah, Dent's a good dude. Like there's nothing more that you need to figure out than that. And, you know, a lot of comic book interpretations go in a few different ways. Like, Oh, was he, he was abused as a kid or there were, or, or there's things under the surface that kind of bubble up and stuff. And that's not really where the movie took it, but the book made me think like, 
are they going to add more in the book for that? Because yeah, like in chapter 11, you get a lot of like chapter 11 and 12 is where you all a lot of extra Harvey Dent backstory. That's not in the movie where they talk about like how his parents had like a suspicious, like double suicide kind of thing. And it makes me mm-hmm. think like, Oh, it's, is are we going to find out later like harvey like snapped like did harvey do it and they even kind of mentioned that like in the book like bruce is like investigating him and he's like maybe harvey was responsible but no he's got a rock solid alibi and just wondered i wondered if like oh maybe this will come up later in the book and it doesn't um so like ultimately it just proves like yeah like the book kind of makes you question it but no like it doesn't really go back and dispute that uh yeah you know so I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, I like I like that and how I mean Bruce even says basically like a that's how he and Harvey are this the same split right in the center. Yeah. <laughs> uh but like you know of dying young and um or their parents dying young as they were kids and I mean the effects of like corrupt GCPD and the effects on on Harvey's life as well and then his dad was a corrupt policeman but then it was a murder suicide from like all of that and then this the more that he digs in and then he even you know creates not matches Malone Charles Malone is exactly yeah (laughs) good old like to follow to follow him like investigating Dent like that was a really cool cool thing um and the book makes point to make extra connections there of like how he really is kind of like a white knight like his trajectory Mm -hmm. and story follows bruce's a lot like especially that's probably why o'neill added the extra part in like oh he was also he also had parents that died and this and kind of got thrown through the system and he this is the path that he chose versus bruce's um Mm -hmm. so it, it really does like put them more as equals um and so that was like it all it, it's interesting because it really makes that connection more impactful in the early stages of the book where Bruce is re- realizing oh this is my not my out as batman but this is this is the way that the city needs to be saved and it, yeah. even so Harvey it, the book gives Harvey that same realization too of like like one, I put like on page one twenty two is one of the things I noted where, it towards the bottom, Harvey even thinks about like this is where the ultimate plan is going to go, like, um, where he's being asked like how, you know, he wants to clean up Gotham and like what happens to Batman when you're finished? And Harvey even says, "I wish I had an answer. I'd like to believe Batman." would survive maybe he'll just go away and never be seen or heard from again but we all take our chances and i'm like whoa that's just what happens in rises you know for like a time you know their plan uh, yeah succeeded. i didn't think about that their plan succeeded to a point batman went away batman wasn't needed anymore he was never seen or heard from again like that's what happens it, yeah. that leads up to rises and i was like whoa what a cool foreshadowing that you know that's cool yeah it did come to pass yeah um it makes me wonder like is that is that was that like dialogue that was in the script or a deleted scene that they didn't really need or was that something that o'neill came up with because if because either way that's super fascinating like whichever the case was for that piece of dialogue from complete fan service so we know from the movie in the interrogation scene 
when Joker even says like for like for a moment, I really thought you were dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's brought up at the dinner between Bruce and the uh, ballerina and then Harvey and Rachel. And she mm-hmm. the ballerina says, you know, the Harvey Dent is the Cape Crusader. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got at the end of the fundraiser. Mm-hmm. We, one of the one of the images from that amazing viral marketing campaign. Uh, oh, one of you the get rewards that whole scene. Yeah, was yeah, the yeah. picture of of Heath Joker, and you can see he's in like the back seat of something, and he's kind of he's, he's in the he's getaway almost got car like, after throwing Rachel off the roof. Joker debut comic. It yeah. almost it makes me think of that with like the fingers up sort yeah. of deal as he's sitting like that. Yep. That scene is in the book. It's in yep. the script book as well, but there's more added here as far as dialogue of after Batman saves Rachel from that building and a black SUV drives by and then it cuts inside of that is Joker. And I mean, he says, I mean, he wipes blood off of his uh, chin, licked mm-hmm. it and said, yummy. Did you see that? Did you love it? A great big bunch. I tossed the lovely bird into the wind and out bats went. I wonder, would the bats take a header for everyone? Or is that pretty little birdie someone special? Either way, we know one thing for sure now. Batman will always try to save the innocent. And that will be his downfall. And then the driver yeah. asks, what about Dent? And he goes, oh, I'm a man of my word. Right. Um, the script had, what about Dent? Oh, I'm a man of my word. But everything yeah. before that feels almost a little 70s, little hokey kind of Joker yeah. dialogue to me to where I'm like, I always wondered what that scene was because they released an image of Joker in that. Yeah. But we never got it. It feels and... like the point of that scene, the point of that scene was a tag that shows that, Oh, the Joker's mind is turning. This is where he finally, this is where he figures out like that. He's going to use Rachel. Yeah. in some sort of his next part of his plan. And it makes sense that they removed that from the movie because nowhere else do you really see the joker's wheels turning in terms of mm-hmm. like what his next move is going to be it always just seemingly happens and he he's one step ahead and there you kind of would see the joker not necessarily being one step ahead um mm-hmm. and it, it keeps the mystique a little bit more it's like how could i i, I don't see Heath's joker saying all of that right so in that regard, I'm kind of like, yeah, I'm good with it not being there. Me, of course, I wondered. I was like, oh, but what is that scene? Because there's an image yeah. of Heath's Joker and we don't know what it is. Yeah. Uh, but we still got an end result. And I don't think it needed in the end. I don't think it needed fleshed out to plant the seed then at that point, you know, of like, huh, right. I'm thinking I wonder. And then that's why he takes Rachel and, and or anything like that. But I mean, it. <laughs> pending because there is like it gives batman his you know he's a hero if he jumps out he doesn't just let one person fall but then now he just left a madman and his thugs in this party with a ton of other people right um so i don't know that that was that's almost like the biggest takeaway from reading this was that little part right there because i was like huh that's interesting yeah because i can visualize that image like right away Mm mm-hmm uh continuing on we do obviously a ruby the size of the tangerine was in the book thank god yep because i could hear that one uh yeah. you get a little you get some coleman reese backstory which mm-hmm. don't need it in the movie it was completely fine reading it here didn't bug me yeah. at all. it was a couple paragraphs it was good enough mm-hmm. to get given motivation for what 
he ends up doing in the film, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Some others. He Bruce has a dream with Thomas Wayne, the doctor. Oh, yeah. As kind of like a warning. I don't know how you translate that without really slowing down the movie. Yeah. You know? I liked it in the book, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was yeah. a good. It was like a, it was a warning and then becomes like a uh, almost like a not a callback. But later on, Bruce has this sort of like, holy shit moment. Like, this is what my dream my dad was warning me about was I'm yeah. crossing a line now. Like right. ends aren't justifying the means here. I'm right. crossing a line. Yeah. So I think that's a really cool addition where it all book. culminates when he has to choose between Harvey and Rachel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Rachel, we see her writing the letter and then we do see her get abducted. I don't think you can get the abduction scene in the movie without revealing that it's Ramirez. Right. Right. Cause yeah. here they even word it of she Someone yeah. that Rachel knows. You know, it's a girl. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's only yeah. one female it's, officer it's, that we know it's in cool the movie. To see, that's a, it's a cool to see that side of it in the book. Mm-hmm. And the way that, yeah, like you get, I like the fact that we got a little bit more into Rachel's mind space for when she wrote the letter versus the movie where she just shows up with the letter already done. Like this is the something that the novel can do that the movie can't. Where yeah. I do feel like in the book, you feel a little bit more um pull from Rachel towards Bruce of, or the conflict there you get more inside of her head of like like even and then even later on when like I love the way that the book this is a lot of the stuff in the book really surprised me how well it was able to do more than just get the script on the page like the book does a really good job of that tension from the film in the the countdown scene where you know like Harvey or Rachel's going to die where they do. And like, you get like the countdown, you know, there's a minute left. Here's what's happening. Here's, you know, 20 seconds yeah. left. Here's what's happening. Five, four, three. Um, so I thought I, that was done really well. Yep. Yeah, I wrote, I wrote that down too, that I can visualize it. Yeah. Where the earlier version of Loeb, Cirillo, and then Joker invading the, the party in the penthouse is just it is written of this happens with Loeb, then this happens to Cirillo, then right. the so I'm like, right. You oh, okay, I'm glad in the movie it's intercut, but yeah. then it's written intercut, just like in the movie for the countdown. Um, but yeah, written really well. And I I, I don't know, it's like, yeah, this is good. <laughs> good stuff, Danny O'Neill. Yeah. Rachel's last words were Bruce Harvey, I love you. Yep. Um I like in the movie that she is cut off mid-word. Yeah, sentence because yeah, it's yeah, so yeah. much shocking and really ended. Yeah, really gave you a big thrill. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I don't know that there's really. I'm I'm kind of just going through my notes here, but I don't know that there really is anything that really stands out of like drastically different. You know, I mean, maybe the a big one is when Maroney gets in his car at the end. Harvey's in the front, sitting next to the driver. As mm-hmm. opposed to sitting in the back next to Maroney. Yeah, that wasn't huge. There's I mean, little is, bitty things is it really like that. that different? No, like, yeah. There's not a lot of big, big things. Um, and a lot of it feels like maybe little changes to make it read better. Yeah. Be exactly. describe describe it better on the page versus on the film. You can just show things visually faster. Um, which is just smart. Like it's it's smart little changes to make it read better in print. Yep. Um I agree. I mean, the biggest things after that um for me were things like um you get 
a little bit you get a little bit of like lucius fox's headspace with uh the decision to do the the sonar stuff or not and then i'm glad um, you brought that up before we yeah. move on from that one because i always thought this probably not in the first viewing or second viewing of the movie but afterward when batman finds out the clowns are the hostages lucius you know yeah, lucius, yeah, the clowns yeah. are hostages it's yep. kind of like okay and and yeah and in the book he's tell gordon like yeah, tell I, Gordon I, love that. Hostages. I was like, oh, that's kind I, of yeah. a plot hole. Um, yeah, I well, love like, that too. He like tells Lucius to tell Gordon, and then it makes sense that that didn't doesn't get translated because Gordon's gone, uh, to because of Dent. I mean, it's clear in the movie, but Lucius he's like, well, I can't get through to Gordon for some reason. So that's why Batman's got to jump and act really quick to yeah to, to fix everything. So although I mean, then in the book you don't get you don't get the the lucius and batman using the sonar together to 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 through that scene it doesn't really True. give you that like you say like oh at the beginning of the scene you're like oh batman uses the sonar and then that's the only little mention you get of it and then just the scene plays out like without that banter, yeah but back and forth yeah um so i interrupted you. you were going on but you touched on lucius with that and it was a complete like yep that that actually jumped out to me right away in yeah. reading this it's like there we go okay yeah uh maybe added just in in the film of the intercut like the almost like the the jumping montage at the end of the movie you you don't get any you don't get the moment i love the moment when he says some people deserve to have their faith rewarded and you you get lucius yeah i wrote that down too (laughs) and you don't get that in the book and i'm like but i love that move that moment in the movie yeah so like it's kind of a you trade one thing and get another at for the end. Um, mm-hmm. Like on page 284, you get a really cool paragraph in the middle where you get Batman's like state of mind before he confronts uh, Two-Face and Gordon. Um, so you kind of, which is a cool, like this is right between the joke, wrapping up with the Joker and getting to yeah. Two-Face. Like you get that. And then, and then that call, you get the, you get m- a callback to that in the epilogue um, before, yeah. before. Um, and I or love the... the way that it's like uh, laid out where like on that, on page 291, you get to see like Batman's, you get a, you get a little bit into Batman's headspace of like what he's thinking before he rides off as like the dark Knight. you know, yeah. you get like, cause it has this, really poignant way it's written where it says like you know batman might be able to reach somewhere he could rest allow himself a few moments peace before his long nightmare begin began it just really you know he had failed to save harvey Dent, and failed to save rachel like it really puts into perspective like the empire strikes back type ending where like he kind of failed at everything but like there's there's a success there that's just beneath the surface but at what cost yeah um so you get that although like when i read i'm like oh but we yeah we don't we didn't get batman's monologue from the movie we don't get um lucius fox's uh you don't see you know in the movie you see him like type his name in and oh like batman had a plan for this and the thing really did destroy you don't get that it kind of alfred really in the letter <laughs> exactly alfred burning the letter like that's huge that's a huge yeah. thing um and that's just not there because the book just kind of barrels towards the end 
once you get to that some of that stuff um and that's something that Nolan does so well at the ends of his movies is the the culmination and you see like yeah 20 things happening within like a minute and you don't get that breathing room in the book it just kind of it just ends um like you get the important stuff right but like Mm -hmm. knowing how important some of these other threads are it would have been nice to have a little bit more like it feels like the epilogue needs an epilogue (laughs) which is tough um (laughs) but uh but you obviously get the important part with with uh with gordon's speech and a dark night is the last or the last words of the book so that's pretty effective of course when you said between when he he got stabbed in the side by joker at the fight Mm -hmm. at the end that's blocked in the movie that's when he like throws him um Mm -hmm. but we still get the end result of like hey bruce took a bad fall that's why he's limping and struggling to get to the bat pod so it's a good like well we were just replaced here i do think because that paragraph too of of like how (laughs) this wound was not superficial he he needed help and yeah. then they doubled down on it and saying about the blood and his staggering and his dizziness and stuff like that. And I'm like, yeah, I I mean, no one's not like ultra. I know there's like violence in his movies, but it's not like bloody, bloody violence or anything like that. Yeah. But I think like I can picture that, too. And that adding like more to Batman's heroism of even through all that, he's still yeah. he's still going yeah. sort of deal. But I mean, we still got the point at that yeah. moment in the movie we didn't need it to just all right let's take a breath here and really slow down and just watch him bleed as he struggles and gets dizzy it's like no we got it and yeah. then when he fell and he's running to the pod it's we got it okay yeah uh let me i don't do you have anything else written down that you want to bring up like i said i that's, have a lot of stuff the... written down as far as like dialogue but i mean we, yeah. we're not gonna go through and be like hey instead of the he said hey and yeah that's instead the big of stuff. <laughs> joker walking up to lao in the book he says time to take a little ride and i'm like actually less is more i love in the movie hello there. yeah like yeah. that's it you're like yeah, yeah you're screwed dude that's all we need to know <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're done for her yeah um gordon Gordon sobs after he realizes that it was Rachel dying. I don't think we necessarily needed that either. So, yeah. I mean, it's just I, in no way or any of this. It's just like, oh, different mediums. This exactly is better read than seen, I think, and and stuff like that. So, yeah, uh, the, it, this did create a little remixing on the favorites portion because I have some mm-hmm. favorites questions to ask you, Mr. Hoss. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. First off, um, it's, I, this doesn't necessarily mean that this is your favorite part of the movie. It's reading this book. What was your favorite mm-hmm. part? That is just the first third of the book where it's all not the Dark Knight, you know, because <laughs> it's, it's it felt new because it. it felt new. It felt worthy of the expansion, sure. the aggressive, expansion. aggressive expansion. Ha, you got it. Yeah. You need me to do it. Um, yeah, like I love the 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 Batman Begins recap and del- diving into Bruce's psyche and his training, and it gave more context for Batman Begins. You know, like how long he was being trained, and I like the stuff where he was even. It goes back even further where Bruce is like younger and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. I liked all that stuff, and I liked the the Scarecrow connections and 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 this extra Rachel setup um, where she tries to lay out the, the, the crux between like 
where she's at and where Batman thinks they're at or where Bruce thinks they're at in their relationship. Like, so all that stuff I appreciated the most reading the book. Like it fleshed it out in a really positive way. Uh, My favorite scene of the movie is the interrogation scene. Mm -hmm. Reading it. It was, I struggled because I, I was like, is this my favorite or is it Joker in the hospital with Harvey? And I'm like, there's the words are are great in the interrogation scene, but I think the it's the performance that totally elevates it to the level that I I take it at I put it at. Whereas the hospital scene, just reading the words, I think, are are heavier, and the point being made, but just by reading the dialogue, that I don't mm-hmm. need to necessarily need the performance to reinforce that so it's like i think i give the slightest edge of the book is reading his exchange with harvey in the hospital yeah uh because it's so well done of like is that the joker being actually for once completely sincere or is he just playing his cards like almost the best Yes, that's what it is in my opinion. And he's a joker. You don't know. You don't know. I think it could be either one. I think you're justified in thinking either one. Yeah, like I'm, and I'm glad that, like O'Neill, I mean, he's Dennis O'Neill. He understood the assignment. He, yeah, the things he added were great ads. And I'm glad that he didn't embellish or like he left the joker in the dark night as is. Like he didn't, Mm -hmm. the only little thing he added was that one thing about the hundred dollar bill, which was pitch perfect. And like, he didn't, he didn't go like the Joker is very matter of fact. He did not go anywhere like in like the Joker's like thought process or like, you know, you don't, there's no, there's no extra insight into the Joker's mind, which I think was the right call. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, these, these are going to be fun. So what is something in the book that you were glad was not in the movie? Something in the book that I'm glad was not in the movie. And that doesn't mean that you didn't like it in the book. It's just like, nope, I'm good with this in the book. And then the scarecrow the stuff, the scarecrow yeah. chapters, like the, I didn't need to see the scarecrow being led into a place and forming his little drug empire and stuff like that. Like that would have brought the movie to a halt, but I'm like, it would have been, you could have take that whole couple chapters and it would have made a perfect like anime extra addition to like the Gotham Knights. <laughs> That's uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. like thing. Nice. I would love to see that, you know, that would be great. Like as a yeah. own, his own little side story, which was awesome to have, which is like a, in, in the novel, like that's what you want in the novels, stuff like that. And then once I got to that part, I'm like, ah, oh, I forgot, completely forgot that this was in the book. And that's why I was like, when in my head, I was like, oh, the Dark Knight's my least favorite of the three because there's not stuff, because it's, there's not stuff like that in it. Like I, yeah. in my head, it was more like, it was just the, the script on page, but I completely revised my opinion. Like it's, it's a fantastic addition because you, you got way more of that stuff than I remembered. Um, but yeah, th- yeah, that that would be the part that I would pick. I think mine is I think the bulk of the first chapter is just a rehash of begins. Yeah. Um, yeah, you don't need it because you've got the yeah, that that probably I totally agree with you on the scarecrow stuff. I like that. I like that bit, that, um little tale and everything. I don't need to see it, but I the begin stuff even more so because most of the time when I watch the Dark Knight, I just watched begins. <laughs> right. 
but it's cool when, in the book because it's like, yeah, Batman, like it gets you in the mood. Yeah, like, you yeah, know? of course. Like, I remember yeah. this, but I'm not to save you. Yeah. Oh, look at exactly. that. He's doing he's doing karate, not in the garage. He's doing it in yeah. the penthouse. Um, well, and, and I now, think the book very deliberately sets that up to where it's like you've got Batman in kind of a choice at the beginning mm-hmm. where he's like, oh, Batman's got the power. Do I have I've got the power to save this guy? Do I? Yes or no. Mm-hmm. Where like later in the movie, like he he doesn't, you know, he's mm-hmm. got to make a choice and he's going to fail in some regard either way. No. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, some related flip side. What's something in the book that you would have liked to have seen in the movie? There's little things. My The biggest thing for me would be what we see in chapter three, where Rachel lays things out more for brute for Batman, like hmm. she, where she tells him to stop being Batman. Um, like I, it, it just ups the stakes for him later thinking like, oh yeah, if I stop being Batman, it puts it on, it puts Batman on a, on a timer where he's like, yeah, but like it puts that in his head where like, yeah, if I stop being Batman, I can be with Rachel. How do I do that? You know, I like that. Um, the, and there's like extra little things like the thing we talked about, how Batman tries to tell, tries to get word back to Gordon on what's going on. Like that would be, that would have been a cool little ad. There's another little thing here where, um, Maroney is investigating the Joker. Yeah. Trying to figure that freak. We forgot to talk about that when Maroney mm-hmm. is investigating the Joker, trying to figure out what the, who the hell he is. And which is cool because like in the, in that, that pencil trick scene, Maroney's like, Oh, he's a nobody who cares. But then yeah. later on you see, Oh, he does care. He's trying to investigate him. And like his investigator guy gets like poisoned. And it's not super clear where it's just poison or if it's Joker venom. Um, At necessarily. first, for some reason I thought that Maroney was like I had a guy investigate the Joker. I got he didn't have anything, so I got I'm done with him. And Maroney poisoned him. And then I was like, wait, wait, wait that doesn't add up. The guy's laughing uncontrollably until uh-huh, he just right, okay. stops. And yeah. I'm like, so oh, that would okay, that would have been cool. So there's that. And then the um the other thing was like the uh in the uh I wrote it down here. No, 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 no. The boy, I'm missing my notes here oh yeah in the dent fund the dent fundraiser see uh, in chapter 17 um it makes it clear that once cirillo and Loeb dies the party itself kind of the people start like the party kind of ends oh yeah people, people at the party are aware of what's going on and they're mm-hmm. like kind of freaking out alfred um, turns on the tv yeah so like I thought that was a cool addition because you don't really get that. It all happens really quick all at the same time in the yeah. movie, which is cool. Um, but I did like how that, that um, cause later on you get up more of that, like you feel like the city itself is reacting to the things that are happening. Mm-hmm. So I felt like that could have been a cool ad yeah. where like, it, like rising the tension even, even more where like, Oh crap, what's going to happen. There's a couple different times that even that, you know, Bruce, you, that he calls Gordon more so you know and like that's one too where he calls gordon and then you can describe o'neill describes like how he's changing his voice and then it's just like yeah Lobe and cirillo you know yeah, like yeah, yeah, getting yeah, confirmation yeah. on that and yeah he calls him in another time about um because there's a scene added too of where he just takes out some regular thugs and i think he calls gordon and tells him where they're at and or something like that yep. and then he just goes home early and calls it a night and yep um 
Yeah, the, I, but what you're what you're more pointing toward is like, yeah, that could be like a an earlier setting up of like seeing panic from citizens. Yes. Um, before exactly. the massive panic from the citizens. Exactly. So that's yeah, exactly. nice. Um, my I struggle with this one a little bit too, and both of them would come with a caveat. Uh, I want Joker SUV scene, but not all that extra dialogue that O'Neill included right. here because it yeah. doesn't feel like that's Ledger's Joker. Maybe, maybe, a, maybe that scene, but a different scene. Like, yeah, 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 something so, like something there. And then I do love the I don't know how you do it with the woman in the bus stop, yeah. and maybe the hundred dollar bill, the punchline of that is she looks at the $100 bill and it's like the ones they gave in the marketing campaign where it's like a Joker face is drawn on the face of the president. Like, mm-hmm. maybe, you know, maybe something like that. And then it's mm-hmm. like, what? And you ne- you don't necessarily see him, but I don't know how you do So that's me changing the scene to want to see the scene, but I feel like right. that would make it fit the movie in itself yeah. um, more so. Yeah. Uh, any final thoughts here, Mr. Haas? Um, on the Dark Knight novelization. Yeah, like it's it's... My final thoughts here is it's it's a very worthwhile read um, written by the master himself on a, about a masterful script and screenplay and mm-hmm. movie like there's not you don't really get better than that. It's not it's it's it was refreshing to to be reminded reading this that this novel is more than just the screenplay embellished on film like at some point it gets there. Um, but that. But as a whole, it's really it's a really good retelling and enhancement of what that story is on film. And it uses the novel format to kind of drive that point home. Like it's really well done, Um, especially when I compare it to um, I compare it to the other some of the other Batman film novels like it's it's better than it's better than most. And it's better than like the the Burton Schumacher ones, you know. Um, sure. Probably the Batman Forever is the best one out of those four because it had the most to say. Um, yeah. yeah. Outside of what the movies themselves were, and this one does a good job of that too. Um, the Dark Knight as a movie doesn't really leave much room for for expansion. Aggressive expansion. It doesn't. It really doesn't. The, <laughs> it doesn't. Begins, it's tight. It begins and rises have more. Um, from what I remember, but uh, I was impressed with how much O'Neill was able to to expand from that story in this novel. Um, mm-hmm. And it's cool because like he he kind of lets them the once he gets past that first third, like that he lets the movie kind of speak for itself. But he also kind of gets to do his own thing at the beginning. So I th- yeah. and I think that was a really good approach because mm-hmm. once you get into the meat of the movie, you don't really want to slow it down with what's. Cause it is like a freight train. What kind and just as Nolan describes, and once it yeah. gets off the, once it gets going, it doesn't <laughs> stop. And so it's cool. It's like he, he added stuff where it made the most sense. Yeah. Agreed. I think that's like the, that's the best way that I could have probably put it is, is how you said. And the, the stuff that is different outside of the dialogue, it's like it, it not being in the movie that like, I know we're talking about a movie that I said is my favorite. So I'm not going to find anything like, wait, this could have been in there. That movie sucks. It's uh, I don't know. It's, it's a funner. It's worth it. I mean, this book was, I found it $4. Yeah. Easy to at least. Um, so yeah, yeah, I find it 
I don't know. I, I think it's worth anybody to just read it once because there's some fun expanded stuff on there that I think you can get a kick out of. Not something you have to read a ton of times. Just read it once. Entertain. And yourself. it's a quick read, too, by the way. Yep. Like it's a, once you get going, it's 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 pretty, you know, I read it in a weekend. Like it's a pretty good. Yeah. That's what I was surprised. I texted you that like I've sat down like and twice like, and I'm halfway through. <laughs> yeah, And there's some and there's some Batman novels that is like. Oh man, it's a little hard to get through, but this one, like I'm reading it and it's one of those, it's kind of funny. It's like, I'm reading, I remember many points reading this. I was like, oh, this is awesome. I love and read it. Like I love being in the world of this, of this Batman story written by, you know, the master Denny's Denny's taking care of us. You know, like you read this book, if you're a Batman fan and I, I felt that and it's like, it's a good place to be. And I'm like, really rare to go like i want to read begins and then rises after this and i think it'll be a really good little little trilogy here perfect way for me to add a little extra something after i watch the movie on its 15th anniversary (laughs) (laughs) um mr ross thanks for reading a 292 page novel so you can come on the uh the batman book club yes um appreciate it uh could you please just inform the people plug away whatever you'd like Oh, just listen to me, I guess, on any uh, on this show and then <laughs> any of the myriad of podcasts. Just listen to me, are, I guess. That I guess, yeah. <laughs> There's lots of shows going on right now on the Batman on Film podcast feed. I'm on many yeah. of those. Um, and just follow me on Twitter while Twitter is still existing. Uh, at right. SMB underscore Ryan in my Super Mario Brothers, the movie archive website. Uh, SMBmovie.com and SMB underscore and just SMB movie uh, on Twitter. And that's where I am. Booyah. Uh, as for the Batman book club, the. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at the Batman BC for latest episode drops, upcoming episodes and. Giveaways. So right now, when you hear this, go to the Batman book club, Twitter page at the Batman BC, uh, because there's currently a giveaway for two items that are pictured one is the theory 11 the dark knight trilogy playing cards um a very cool like they went above and beyond on this deck of cards in the nod to the dark knight trilogy uh each movie is represented and represented well they're very cool cards if anybody's ever seen these like they've touched on other pop culture um franchises and stuff they do like it's just done really really well so it was it was about time that that it got the batman treatment and yeah they're they're not disappointing so um follow the instructions on the giveaway for your chance to win that in addition to uh a lego batman keychain but the specifically the 1989 batman go to at the batman bc on twitter and you can find out your ways to enter the contest to win these two awesome Batman items. Also make sure that you subscribe to just on your own, not for the giveaway, just go to YouTube and subscribe to the Batman book club, uh, YouTube channel. Cause Pete and I, that Italian, we're going to dive into no man's land omnibus here really soon. So make sure to check that out. And also, if you want to hear us talk about the road to no man's land, all 1200 pages of that omnibus, uh, just dip into the archives and you can, you can hear us chat about that a little bit. If you want to support the show, there's a variety of ways you can do it. Number one, like I said at the top of the show, patreon.com slash the Batman BC to tpublic.com and type in TBBC for the Batman Book Club, where you can get uh, merchandise with the Batman Book Club logo. 
created by the wonderfully talented Justin Kowalski on t-shirts, hoodies, notebooks, stickers, anything like that. Onesies for your little ones. Uh, but if you want to support the show and you don't want to spend any money at all, that's 100% A-OK. The easiest, most impactful, and quickest thing you can do is rate and review the show. So wherever you listen to the show, whatever podcast uh, supporter, so Apple, Spotify, Google Play, Amazon Music, uh, iHeartRadio, wherever, just go to the rate and review page and rate and review the show. Because the more reviews the show gets, the more it helps spread the word. And as we all know, the word is panic. So. For Ryan Haas, I am Ryan Lauer. Thank you for listening to us talk about the Dark Knight novelization on this movie's 15th anniversary. And until next time. Remember the comics. <laughs>